This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest is Carmen Massarello, the men's basketball coach at Siena College in Loudonville. Our program's heard on Magic 590 plus 100.5 in Albany and on 96.9 and 1410 in the Glens Falls area. Thanks for joining us, Coach Massarello. Thank you so much. Here's the story behind the story of this interview. A few weeks ago, we were scheduled to have Siena coach Jamie and Christian as our guest, but in a surprise development, wasn't exactly the day of the recording, but a day or two before, Coach Christian, who had just finished his first year at Siena, left Siena to be a head basketball coach at George Washington University in the Washington, D.C. area. Were you surprised? Uh, a little bit, you know. There were low expectations for this team, and uh, coach and our staff just did a great job. The guys really bought in, and you know we went from a team that was projected to finish last in the MAC to a team that you know tied for second and won 17 games, and uh, I think was tied for the most wins in our conference. So you know you never know what's going to happen. You always want to be ready, and so you know happy for Coach Christian, and also. Uh, Happy for myself. So it was, a, you know, such an improvement that you know he obviously became a target of uh, of other uh, schools. Yeah, Jamie's a tremendous coach, and you know, we inherited a situation where uh, the players just weren't appreciated, and uh, we just kind of loved them up every day, and you know, became kind of a limitless situation with the guys buy in and them believing in themselves. I recall that from uh, preparing for his interview. Um, he said that when he got to Siena, the the athletes weren't uh, well loved or t- taken care of. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, you just kind of come in and you try to evaluate everything, and you know, just for the fact that they were just basketball players and you no, know, not people per se, or you know how they were cared about, how the program was kind of run. Um, you know, I'm of the same mindset that coach was, you know, it's all about the experience and, and, you know, caring for the people and developing young people. And so to be able to have a bigger voice now and to be able to make a difference is, uh, is just an amazing thing. I noticed you call him coach. Other people at CNA have heard call him coach. They call you coach now. I mean, just coach. I mean, without, yeah, I, I tell him to call me Carm. I don't <laughs> want nothing's changing with me. Uh, it's about those guys in the locker room buying in every day and just working hard. Now, you were working at Siena already as a, as a basketball coach. What were you doing? So I was the, one of the coach's assistants. Um, I was our defensive coordinator. And so, you know, it was good because I was familiar with the guys and I know their strengths and weaknesses and what we need to work on. And I also know kind of how we ran the program. So, you know, I'll put my own touches on things and uh, not trying to, you know, make any waves, but also have a probably a little bit different style of play. But we'll have some talent. Mm-hmm. That's a little different with some guys that were sitting out and things like that. We're talking with uh, Coach Carmen Massarello, men's basketball coach, Siena College. After Coach uh, Christian left, were you surprised that they offered it to you, first as an interim and then as the head coach? Um, you know what? I've been in a lot of different situations where administrations have done different things, and I think every situation kind of has to be – case by case and I thought this was the right move not just because it's me sitting here talking to you but for the fact that the continuity and for what our players had been through with uh you know this will have been their third coaching change in a short period of time and the fact that they know me and respect me I think also helps Mm -hmm. so you know I wasn't I wasn't shocked by it I was you know I was pleasantly surprised I was very ecstatic and happy but um you know it's just uh it's an honor to be able to be a head coach and to have a program to lead 
Let me ask you about your own history with basketball. You grew up in the area at Clifton Park. You played for Shenandoah. Yeah, I uh, had a great, great time up there playing for the legendary coach Jim Zulo at Shen, and we won a Section 2 championship in 1996, and I was able to uh, enjoy just playing the game I loved. I didn't start playing basketball really seriously till about 10th grade. I gave up soccer. I'd played soccer all growing up, and hmm. um, it was just uh, you know great to be a Shenandoah Plainsman, and I really enjoyed that time up there, the camaraderie, and just going to a public high school um, – was special because you you know you make so many friends along the way. Mm-hmm. In college, you uh, went first to the University of New Hampshire. You played and studied there for three years, and then you came to Siena. Uh, why did it take that scenario? Yeah, so I was actually going to go to prep school, similar to Sloan Seymour, who's one of our freshmen now. You know, going to be a sophomore next year and do a postgraduate year. Uh, just because I had continued to grow and develop. You mean after high school? After high school. Okay. And, um, you know, I ended up going to play for a, a travel team called the City Rocks, which is based out of here. I was like one of the first players to get a Division One scholarship. So we went and played in a big tournament in Las Vegas, and I got offered some scholarships and told not to go to prep school. I ended up going to University of New Hampshire for three years, was a team captain, a three-year starter. Um, but I had always kind of dreamed about playing for Siena and uh, – you know, Paul Hewitt said, hey, yeah, you know, I would love to love to take you on. And Paul ended up leaving for Georgia Tech. I played for Lewis Orr, the former Syracuse Orangeman and New York Nick. And uh, kind of the rest is history. But it was just because, you know, I had always kind of dreamed about playing at Siena. You know, growing up, uh, the coach at the time said I wasn't good enough to play there. And so, you know, ended up going to New Hampshire and developing my game and growing as a player and, and making great relationships along that. Journey and then had a chance to come back and I actually gave up a full scholarship at New Hampshire to come to Siena and play. Really? Do you have other ties to? I mean, did your parents go there or anything like that? Or no, I had my uncle. My uncle Nick went to Siena, um, but just growing up watching, you know, Mike Dean's teams play at mm-hmm. the Knickerbocker back then and and in the Ark when it had a rubber floor um, and going to their camps as a kid. Uh, seeing Doremus Bennerman and Mark Brown and when they beat Stanford for the NCAA tournament uh, just kind of resonated with me and just the passion you know this is a, a unique place because the fan support we get um, all the different you know interviews and media attention that we get here is uh, is just a blessing and it's just great to be able to, to have people you know realize your work and, and see what you do but also to have that support from the local communities is amazing. You graduated I believe in 2001 and then you went to Italy to play professional uh, basketball. I, I knew, uh, or actually, a distant relative of mine, uh, I'll mention his name, Robbie Heisert, who was in baseball uh, from the Amsterdam area, and he went to Italy to play baseball. Um, it, it occurs to me you're, you must be of Italian origin. Did you play for teams near your homeland or your home cities? Yeah, so my family's from uh, outside of Naples, a place uh, called Cave Resorta, but I actually had a chance. I played four different seasons. I played in Sicily in a place called Ragusa. I yeah. played uh, outside of Milan in a place called Novara. I played outside of Bologna in a place called Casta Maggiore. And then I played in near the heel of the boot uh, near Taranto in a place called Masafra. Um, so, yes, I had an Italian passport. So I was able to play as an Italian-American. So you don't have as much 
per se pressure. You know, if you're an American there, you're getting paid big money, and you know you have two or three bad games in a row, you get sent home, and you're probably not getting paid. So my job security was great. Uh, I had a chance if I wanted to to continue to play with my last team, Novara. Uh, they offered me a two-year contract, but that was kind of the segue for me to get into coaching. I realized uh, I needed more from just you know two practices a day and a nap and uh, a nice lunch and a nice dinner. I needed to be able to you know kind of stimulate my mind more and be able to help more people. You know, mm. you're kind of it's kind of a lonely life living overseas, especially when you're not. You know, I wasn't married at the time, and mm. uh, but you know everything happens for a reason, and that's kind of where I you know continued to learn the game and study the game and realized I wanted to. Uh, Get into this crazy college basketball business. Yeah, I'd read that you you got an Italian passport, but that was so that you'd be at a, a certain kind of class of player, and it, you wouldn't be paid as much, but it was more secure. You're saying is that the idea? Yeah, usually, usually the Americans in uh, you know overseas in foreign countries, uh, you know, they're getting paid anywhere, and they're ex NBA guys. They're guys that you know had a shot in the NBA and didn't make it, but you know they'll play at a high level. So yeah, I had great job security. You know, teams are only allowed uh, one or two Italian Americans or one or two Bozeman players, they were called, hmm. that are, you know, kind of hmm. dual passport guys. Because then they have to take, uh, you know, they have some leagues, depending on what country, two to four Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, then they can take one or two guys with a, a dual passport, and then the rest are going to be citizens of that country. Okay. Talk of the Town continues on Magic 590. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest is Carmen Massarello, men's basketball coach at Siena College in Loudonville. We've been following uh, his basketball career, and our last stop was in Italy. Uh, and then you came back to the United States, obviously. And then you uh, have been a collegiate coach, your men's basketball coach, not a head coach, for, for a number of uh, years. Uh, but when you, I believe, when you right when you came back from Italy, was it, that you your first time working at Siena. Yep. So uh, came back from Italy, and that was right when Fran McCaffrey was hired by the Saints. Uh, got to know him. Actually, one of the assistants I just hired, Anthony Weish, uh, mm-hmm. connected me with Fran. Anthony played for Fran when he was an assistant at Notre Dame under John McLeod, and uh, just learned so much in that. You know, I think it was about eight months. I was Fran's director of basketball operations in his first year. So we kind of laid the groundwork recruiting-wise. And uh, I was coaching an AAU team at the time, too, uh, before I was hired that you know that summer called the, the City Rocks, which is a Nike team. And uh, you know we had some very talented players, Edwin Ubelis being one of them, Corey McGee being another. They were both uh, guys that we ended up bringing to Siena. And so you know just being able to learn the business, you, know, you always want to have um, a frame of reference. And so most guys that start – in the business, start as a director of operations. So, you know, the pay, I think I, I made $3,000. I had no health oh, benefits. Really? <laughs> I lived in, uh, my, my office was in the back of a locker room with no windows, and uh, it was a desk and some VCRs and uh, blank VHS tapes and a couch. So that was uh, that was it. It's not glorious now. You know, you have all this technology, and people are able to kind of, you know, splice video on the computer and, and right download films and you know it, it happens in the snap of a finger as opposed to me driving to you know Lewisburg Pennsylvania to pick up a tape of Bucknell Syracuse right you had to do that stuff more manually almost oh everything was manual you know you're you're hitting pause and record on a VCR to 
you know, dub a game and make highlights and make scout tapes. We call them clip tapes because you're clipping the film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're doing a database for film exchange. So if I play or we play Penn on a Monday night, you know, they may have a game Wednesday and then Sunday. And then so all those opponents are going to want that game. And all of the teams that play us are going to get that game from the team we just played. And so you had to make sure you were organized and you had to know, you know, if you were going to FedEx it out because it needed to be there at a certain date right. or if you were going to put it in the regular mail and you had all the, already had to have the stuff addressed and envelopes ready. So you saved yourself time because, you know, if you're waiting on a VHS tape to finish recording, sometimes that would take, you know, three hours in real time. You couldn't really expedite the process. So after you were uh, director of basketball operations at CN, it wasn't that long. It was a year, right? Or not even not a year. Not even a year. Yeah. And you're coaching the uh, Albany City Rocks program. But then you go, go on to a career in, in coaching, uh, and you're an assistant coach at a number of uh, uh, you know big big schools. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll try to do it chronologically. I think you started at Fairfield in Connecticut. Yep. Fairfield uh, had a chance to work with Ed Cooley. Uh, you know, for three years, I came in to work for him in years three, four, and five, and I was helped to, you know, make an impact there. We were able to set some school records for wins and make some postseason tournaments. We won the regular season in the MAC, and uh, alongside there was another gentleman I hired uh, the other day, Bob Simon, who was with me there, and then we had a brief stop at Providence, and, uh, you know, working for Ed was great. Um, and that's the biggest thing throughout this journey, you know, this coaching journey. You're able to kind of build your philosophy. And I've been fortunate enough to work with so many great coaches. And you find out things that you like and you want to add. And you also find out things that you don't like that you don't want to add. Sure. Yeah. And then you went to Boston University, which uh, is my alma mater. Uh, and you were there for, I think, three years? Yep. Another three-year stop. Got to work for Joe Jones. He had just came from Boston College as an assistant. And before that, he was the head coach at Columbia University in New York. And uh, yeah, experience in Boston was great. I, you know, I had some other job opportunities. I was offered a job at Virginia Tech at the time, and I actually turned down that job to stay at Boston U, and that was my final year at Boston U, and I happened to meet my wife there in uh, Boston. So very good. that turned out it turned out well. <laughs> um, that's, that's the only reason people know I can recruit, because they look at my wife, so <laughs> it, it works out well. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, so we won the Patriot League. They, they transitioned from the America East, which is the same conference that U- University of Albany's in, and they transitioned to the Patriot League. In our first year in the Patriot League, we won the regular season, end up losing the conference championship, and we go to play Illinois in the NIT tournament. So we made another postseason there, and it was a great experience. I, you know, I've been able to work in some great cities, some great places, because um, sometimes that's not always the case. You know, mm-hmm. guys have to work in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, random locations, and, you know, it's tough to raise, raise families and bring, bring wives and children. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and then, I think it's kind of ironic that you were, were an assistant coach at George Washington, where Jamie and Christian is gone. Um, and that was just your job before coming to Siena, or coming back to Siena. Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, able to do some great things at Boston U and learn a lot from Joe Jones and the staff there. And then had an opportunity to go to the Atlantic 10 and kind of brought in my recruiting base. So now I could kind of connect the whole East Coast. I'd always kind of done the Northeast and New England, and I've always done kind of Philly, New Jersey, North Carolina, Florida, but I never really recruited or built relationships in the DMV, you know, the, mm-hmm. the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. So I thought that was a, a good move just to kind of connect the whole East Coast for myself in a recruiting network. Uh, we were able to kind of win the NIT and uh, kind of, 
saw the ceiling there as as not really any more upward mobility. So I had a chance to come here with Coach Christian, and it was a chance to get back home. And it's a rare situation where you're able to kind of make it back home to where you played or grew up in this college coaching profession because there's so many different uh, unknowns where, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. there may be uh, a stipulation that the head coach that just got the job may have to hire somebody from here or somebody from there. But it worked out well because Coach Christian needed to hire a a local guy with the recruiting ties I had. And uh, we had also talked about me coming here, and maybe in a few years this opportunity would present itself. Now, we didn't Mm -hmm. know it happened in, what, 11 months? (laughs) But uh, it was – you know, it was just great to to be able to come up here. Actually, Mike Rhodes is a good friend of mine, the head coach at VCU, and that's the same family Coach Christian's from. And uh, Mike was the one that helped me with uh, with Coach Christian and building that relationship. And you know, the the rest is history, as they say. Yes, Carmen Massarello with us. He's a men's basketball coach at Siena College. Let me talk to you about or ask you about Siena itself. Siena's fan base is incredible. Some people, I'm told, plan their time in Florida, you know, older folks, so they'll be back for Siena basketball. Is it almost scary that so many people depend on you and the team? No, I think that's the best part of it, you know, and that's uh, that's what makes Siena so unique, you know, for a, a school of our size in, uh, you know, Loudonville, New York, where many people probably don't even know it exists. They'll probably just say right. Albany. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, that's what makes Siena special, the fan base, um, the community, the support. Uh, and, you know, with that being said, comes the responsibility of our players and, and our staff to put a great product on the floor. But at the end of the day, that's what makes it special. You want to go where people care. You know, it's no, it doesn't make, a, doesn't make it a fun career when you're spending all these long hours and uh, no one's recognizing you or seeing the work you're putting in. Mm-hmm. And I, you're the first uh, Siena basketball official I've had on, but I haven't done an interview with brother uh, Ed Coglin. And um, I mean, this it's a religious school. I mean, it's uh, the you know the college president you know wears a, a I think it's called cassock. I mean, he's not in a three piece suit and uh, expensive ties. Right. Um, brother Ed's the best. You know, Siena being a Franciscan institution is for me awesome because it's kind of about giving of yourself and just the betterment of everything around you and developing the whole, you know, student athlete or student. So being able to kind of have a bigger voice and to make a difference on campus and in the community, you know, that's kind of what we're all about. I spent some time when I was in between coaching, you know, working with kids with special needs as a one-on-one aide. And um, my wife and I had worked for a a camp in New Hampshire called Camp Fatima, where we're able to kind of, you're a one-on-one counselor and you live in a basically a log cabin mm-hmm. for a week and you're working with kids with special needs, down syndrome, autism, um, whatever disability they may have. And, you know, you have a chance to give back. So that's my biggest thing with being fortunate to be a head coach is, you know, I have a bigger voice to make a difference. And one concern was that after coach Christian left that other players would be going out the door so far that really hasn't happened. Yeah. All the guys that are here, um, you know, from when I was named, haven't haven't left. They're excited to be here and to play for me and, and my staff. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you want to be able to do that. You know, there's so many changes in college basketball with coaches moving, you know, in more like a revolving door where the players also kind of go through that revolving door. So I think that speaks volumes about the college. You know, the guys like going to Siena, and they also realize, hey, there may not be a greener pasture, but like we just spoke about, the support from the community, 
the Times Union Center, the media attention, um, and the degree. You know, Siena College is a great place. You know, people love going to school there, and uh, it's in a great community. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with our guest, Carmen Massarello, men's basketball coach at Siena College. Our program's heard on Magic 590 plus 100.5 in Albany and at 96.9 and 1410 in the Glens Falls area. This interview is online at albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. Next week on Talk of the Town, we'll hear all about one of Albany's great warm weather attractions, the USS Slater Destroyer Escort docked in the Hudson River at Albany. I'm Bob Cudmore.